before we get started, let me tell you about patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience. There we have exclusive shows such as So Tell Me, an introspective show about my life. That's what So Tell Me is. People apparently love that show a lot. <laughs> um, Hard Asses with Jody B. That is the show that me and Jody B do monthly that um gets a little while. The D&D Podcast, which is a show I do with my son, which is a review show of movies and TV shows and stuff like that. You get to see the side, other side of my son. And we have much, much more stuff to check out there. We also have a show with Mike Fowler and other things that you will just love. So go on Patreon.com slash Delvin Cox Experience. Also, shout out to Patreon producers, Ben Goodwin, A.K. Ghost Rider UK, Mikey Famine, and Douglas Regert Johnson. Thank you guys. Peace. Welcome back. This episode, we talk about the pain of losing a loved one and how it can affect you mentally and spiritually. Hope you listen. Hope you enjoy. Thank you. Welcome to the continuing conversation about mental health. With me, I have a special guest. Let him know your name, brother. Yeah, man, it is the undercover brother of the Bromigos podcast. It's Matt Mish joining you once again on the, the Delvin Cox experience. It's good to see you again, buddy. Good to see you too, brother. Um, you know, we have conversations offline. Matt's a good friend of mine. I thought, well, he well, as soon as I mentioned I was doing a conversation about mental health, he immediately started like, I want to be a part of that. And I said, okay, we can, we can do that. So as I started up the, the other episode, I'm going to, for those who don't know who, who are just catching up, we don't do the five and five this episode because I think we want to just get right into it. So my first question for you, Matt, how you doing? Not great. <laughs> Not you, great. You, you know, that has been a trend so far. How many people have you interviewed up to this point? You're the second one. And the first one said almost the exact same thing. Yeah. And I, I think, think I, and I know exactly what you're talking about too. So I'm not going to blow that spot up, but yeah. I, I, I know who you're talking about. And, uh, with all due respect to her, that does not surprise me one bit. Yeah. So um, I want to ask, why do you think you're not feeling great, man? Um, I think it's important to kind of to kind of have a conversation about that because I know for, for a fact I hold a lot of my the way I'm feeling in and repress like you know emotions and feelings and stuff like that because I can't open up a lot of times and I think it's important that we kind of well you don't have to get into fully detailed but of it but like yo sometimes it's good to kind of talk about what's bothering you and what's going on in your life to kind of see through it so um what's going on matt well um it, it just seems like and i've told you the story a little bit not too long ago since a couple of instances over the summer um it just feels like there are times where my life goes into a um downward spiral Every time and every time I think I try to pick myself up from that and I try to be better and it's something else just comes up, you know, it's like, there's a, there's a week where it's like, you know, really good. And then something will come up and it'll just completely deflate me for more than that amount of time. So it's like the downward, um, valleys, let's say, uh, tend to last longer than the actual good times. And I'd say the last time I actually had a good time was when I did some work for Jay, Big C, and Malcolm over at Pornstash. And I did uh, their Exotica review for them or their Exotica coverage. 
and I got to do a whole lot and interview a bunch of stars in the industry. And that was great. And last of couple, it was a lot of fun and it, it helped me boost my confidence, which has been very lacking for the last several years. Um, and that, that's the conversation that was constantly brought up on Bromigos, much to my dismay. But um, it's just now it's, it's there's just been some instances happening where um, it, it just it's kind of knocking down that happiness I had. And it's hurt me a little bit, you know. So let, let me ask you this. I, th- I think I can ask you. I think it's important to even just get this out of the way and ask you. Have you ever talked to a therapist? It seems like you may be going through bouts of depression because you've mentioned this before and yes. things you struggle with. So have you ever talked to a therapist about it and try to like kind of like see what's going on? I have um, on many occasions. So if I may tell a bit of a story, it might be long-winded. Of course, um, go ahead. My first time talking to a therapist was because of a stupid statement I had made in school. And I, we were, I was in fifth grade. I remember it like it was yesterday, but I don't remember what the fuck we were learning in fifth grade. And I said, I was having a tough time with this fucking thing that we were learning in like LA class, like English class. And I said, I would rather die. And right then and there, they set me out. And I never understood why. Until they sent me to it, until I started talking to a therapist that was in my local area about it. And I guess there had been some sadness or frustration within me that I needed to talk about. And to be honest with you, at that time, I don't really know how seriously I took it. That's not to, that's not a detriment to the therapists I worked, I was talking to because I was seeing two simultaneously from that same building for different reasons. I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know why I didn't take it that seriously. I guess I didn't feel like it was really doing anything. Like, I don't know. I just, in my head, I had just said a statement. And then since I have made that statement for many years now, like those bouts of depression have just been, been coming on and off and on and off. And in high school, I tried again for a few years, actually about a year or so. And we kind of amicably parted ways because high school is, coming to an end for me and you know wasn't going to be it's not like I really needed it anymore at that point I think we both kind of came to the consensus that whatever issues I needed to work out got worked out okay now I'm once again seeing that same therapist thankfully she is still um practice she's still being a therapist or else I'd really be up shit's creek um but it, it hasn't been easy and I think this is probably the most serious I have ever actually taken therapy because I'm actually finding ways. Not only am I finding ways to express the issues I'm having better, I'm trying to actively take the advice I'm getting and apply it to the best of my ability. But um, I keep losing that. It feels like I just keep losing that fight for some reason. Yeah, it's it's a rough long road to go down but it's worth it so you've been going through mental health issues since fifth grade so you were like what 12 11 around that time uh 11 or 12 i believe i was one of the younger people in the grade because my birthday was in the summer so um uh, i was probably around 11 or 12 at that time do you know do you have any inkling of why you was feeling like just i think it was just frustration within myself after all, it was sparked by me not uh, me being the fucking perfectionist that I am, as you were well aware. Um, when I don't get something, it frustrates me. It aggravates me and it gnaws at me. And this one thing that we were learning, I just couldn't understand. As hard as I was trying, it was still annoying the fuck out of me. And I just blurted that out because I was frustrated with myself. And I don't even know if I necessarily felt like I deserve, I'm not going to say I didn't feel like I deserved to live in that moment, but I just fucking said I'd rather die than fucking learn this because I was so frustrated. Yeah. One of those things. It's interesting because, and I'm glad that your your, your school kind of looked into it because I know if I was, at, it was if that happened at my school, we were probably like, I was just a kid being a kid, being frustrated and annoyed. But your school kind of like, uh, Maybe we should look more into this and see if young Matt's okay. 
I think that's uh, a good thing. It wasn't the first time either. That's the that was it was the first time in that instance, but it wasn't the first time. Uh, well, yeah, you you know what I'm trying to say. It wasn't the yeah. last time, I should say. Excuse me. Well, yeah, I think it's good that um your school, cause and I say this because we have so many instances where schools don't take actions or don't take enough actions, and then we have situations like some of the unfortunate school shootings we've had and things like that where people, a lot of those things happen because of mental health issues, whether it's depression, whether it's stress, not blaming it on mental health because there's plenty of people who have mental health who don't shoot up a school. But some of those situations could have been stopped if someone looked a little bit further into it because you always see the thing like, hey, this kid was posting these things on social media about how they're going, what they're going through and stuff like that. And people kind of ignored it until it was too late. Yeah. And that was even before social media became big. Like, I don't even think at our, during that time, at least middle school wise, anyway, social media wasn't all that big. This was still the later 2020, uh, excuse me, the later two thousands. Okay. So no one had any concept of it, maybe outside of Facebook and MySpace, maybe. Okay. But like Twitter wasn't a thing yet. Was at least popular until I got to high school. So I mean I don't really know. I, I don't recall of any instances of me doing that. I don't think I did because I didn't have social media until like I was in high school anyway. But I'm sure I wouldn't doubt that since then there have been times like that. Okay. Let let me ask you this, Matt. You said you're going to a therapist. What has that been like for you? Has it been helping you? I feel like it's um if you have the right therapist, it helps you a lot, but I guess it depends on your situation. So I want to know what your experience has been like thus far with it. Um I would say it's much better than the last few times I've gone to one. Um, only because I'm actually being receptive to it, because I acknowledge that something inside of me is wrong. And I actually am trying to fix it despite feeling like a constant shit all the time. Um, considering I already know this therapist because it's the same therapist I had in high school. Um, she's wow. already, she already is familiar with me and some of my tendencies and some of the things that we talked about years and years ago. And um, even though I am not that far removed, but thankfully, you know, she was someone I reached out to when. I was looking for people and wondering if she was even um, in uh, wonder if she was even practicing anymore. And thankfully she was. Um, so that's uh, it's, it's been helpful that there's familiar familiarity there. And then the tell, and for me, it's just like, I'm just trying to be more receptive to the advice that I'm getting. So what is it like having to be more receptive? Cause I know you were saying the last few times you were kind of brushing it off. Now it's more of a situation like, I need this. I need to kind of, because you've tried other things and they didn't work from what you're, you're understanding. So what is it What is it like now as opposed to back then? What do you think is the difference that made you kind of, I guess the light bulb go on and said, I need to make this work? Um, those times I didn't try to kill myself in this, twice in the span of a month and a half. That's basically where I'm kind of at with this particular time where I don't want to get to that point. I don't mean to sound too dark and no, grim. No, no. This is this is what we're here for. We're here to help people because I know a lot of people have gone through this. If anybody who's listened to the Democrat experience, you know, I've talked about 2012 and I've talked about my battles with mental health and how. Is that I the story that you told me that we won't mention? Um, that led to that was one of the stories that led to that. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but um, what what do you think makes you? You don't have to get too personal with it but what thing you think makes you get to that dark place where you feel these kind of emotions and a feeling of inadequacy you know um i would think at least in my in my in my life right now i feel i, f I felt like i would have so much more than when i'm at where i'm at and i feel like a lot of those issues are because of me and I don't, and I didn't know how to address it properly. So one faithful day in July this year, in 2023, I just kind of said, fuck it. I snapped. And since that day, it's kind of been a, uh, 
a downward spiral and I don't want to feel that way anymore. So that's why I'm kind of taking this as seriously as I can possibly take it. You know, how do I approach this properly? This is hard for me to hear because I care about you. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, no, you have nothing to be sorry about. But, you know, I always tell you, and I always try to put this out there, even one of the reasons why I do this, doing this series, and I even said it the last time we were talking, I, I said, I've said this multiple times, you know, when you feel like you're down and you feel like you have no one to go to, people can attest to this. I will be there. Because I don't want to see people I care about hurt. And I know that it's not easy sometimes because we all get to these dark places. And I I bring this up and I want to stress this. I don't, I'm I'm, I'm usually try not to like add my opinion because I want to be open conversation with these type of episodes, but I feel like I have to at this point. I don't like that we in the society base our worth of a success. And I say this with all love. Because Matt, you matter. You matter to people. I don't give a fuck if you're broken homeless. Somebody out there gives a fuck about you and cares about you. I care about you. And I think, and I and I always say this to people all the time. And I, this is something I really mean. As long as you have breath in your lungs, there's a, there's a moment to turn it around. Because all this, all this material stuff, it's there, it's good to have, whatever. But at the same time, it all can be going in a heartbeat. But as long as you have breath in your lungs and the will and the ability to fight, there's always a chance to reset the bad things that's going on in your life. And I think sometimes we get in our own heads about things. I think sometimes we get in our own heads and we get what stressed out. We get stressed out because we feel like there is no turning back from where we're at and we can't accomplish our goals, but we don't really even know what our goals are sometimes because, you know, we see people and we feel like they're successful, but I guarantee you they're dealing with some of the same problems that we're dealing with. Some of these big millionaires are dealing with the same problems that we're dealing with. And it's because we don't talk about it enough. Mental health is such a taboo thing, and I and I always kind of like, yo. But I think that's one of the reasons why me and Jody B get along so well is because Jody B is a fucked up person. I'm a fucked up person. We know. I can, we, I can, I can attest to that. Yes. Both those statements. Yes. We've been through some shit. We can relate to each other, and at the same time, we can share with each other, and we can share each other's pain, and we can relate to that pain and be like, you know what? If we got through this, we can get through anything. And I think that's, we need more of men leaning on men and supporting each other. And I know it was said in the early episode that, you know, men, men need support. Men need help. We go through a lot of shit. We go through a lot of things of proving self-worth and feeling value. And a lot of times people just tell us, I'll just brush it off. Sometimes you can't brush that shit off. Sometimes you're telling the person to brush it off and shake it off. It's not enough. Sometimes you need to be told, I love you. I appreciate you. You got this. And I think more and more, as men, we need to show appreciation to each other. And I know people want to make the jokes like, oh, that's not masculine. Oh, you you being this, you being that. Fuck that. We have to show support for each other because there's too many young men killing themselves because they don't feel loved. And that that's what bothers me the most. Because yeah. there are lives out there that's lost that we can save. If we just tell these people we love them. I don't know if it's so much of the and let me offer a different perspective because I go through this every day. Um I don't know if it's so much of the fact of they don't feel loved by say other people, whereas they don't love themselves. That is, that's a part of it. That's a big part of it. Because think about it like this, where it's like, say, hypothetically, well, not hypothetically, because I, I do, do do this often. People tell me all the time, like, oh, Matt, you're you're so good at this. You're talented at that. You're this and you're that. And they boost me up. And it's nice. I appreciate it. But in my head, it's like, 
it's nice that I feel loved and appreciated by these people that tell me these things. You tell me these things all the time as well. But in my head, I'm thinking to myself, they're lying to me. That's not true. I don't feel that way about myself. Like it feels good to hear that, but it's like in your head, you don't believe it. And I think that's why a lot of those problems happen. I, I, there's no evidence to prove that, but I feel like there is some instances where that could be true. Yeah. You know, um, I, I deal with that sometimes. I've had a situation. I have another day. I was pissed off. I was really upset because somebody said something that just annoyed the hell out of me. It was saying in the podcast. It was like, it was something like, it was, I won't say it's stupid, but it made me feel like, come on, man, what are you talking about? And for some reason, whether you're spiritual or not, this kind of feels like a godsend almost. Out of the blue, the homie Bela the Great messaged me saying, Delvin Cox, one of the top five podcasters in the world. I would, I would wholeheartedly agree with that statement, by the way. Not, and, to, and, not to jerk and, you off and boost your ego yeah, or anything, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at that moment, whether I agree with it or not, it made me realize, like, no. I am him, <laughs> you know. I am, and it, it's funny saying that. But it's funny saying that, but you have to have a little bit of confidence and love in yourself. Like, yeah, people love and appreciate me. I've been doing this for a while and I, and I, and I matter. And I think that, um, a lot of times we get so much in our heads, we kind of forget that. Like, yeah, you know, and whether it's, whether it's you doing the Bromigos, whether you doing the other podcasts you've done and stuff, you know, you matter. You've made an impact on somebody. You've made an impact on whether it's one person, a hundred people or a thousand people, you have made an impact. Whether it's in podcasting or if it's even in life. You have made an impact on people. You can't forget that. That little information right there, you cannot forget. Because it's super important to know your worth, your value, and how you matter to the person. And I think a lot of times because we get in our heads so much, because we let those, those fears and that doubt seep in, we forget that. We forget that we're important. We forget that we matter. We forget that if something happens to us, we will be missed and we will be loved. Because like I said, you just get in your head. You just kind of get in your head and you don't think anything of it. You just feel like, oh, well, if I'm going, who the hell cares? People care. It matters. I know you're taking it in. It's, it's a lot I'm, to take. I'm taking, I'm, I'm taking it in. Yeah. Um, well, I'm also like trying to not cry too hard on the show <laughs> oh man i think part of the reason i struggle is because i i, I don't there are there are it, it wasn't until recently that i've actually started to actually try and talk to people about it like i've talked to um i talked to you i've talked to jody um i've talked to some older coworkers um, from an old job I was a part of earlier in the year um, about the struggles I had faced. And one of them just happened to be a cop. So that was like one of the reasons why I confided in her specifically, because like she's probably seen instances of that. Um, I don't know. I've gotten a lot of advice and it's all well and good. It's just, I, I don't know what it is. I, I struggle to really practice it. Like I'm, I'm trying so hard. I am. And it's like, you, when you think, my therapist told me this, we talked about this recently. When you have a, a negative cycle of thinking for so long, it's hard to unfuck that yeah. line of thinking. Um, That's kind of where I'm at right now. Like I'm trying to fight it, but like the wiring in me that I've had for a very long time isn't, uh, you know, it's fighting against that. Yeah. It's like an addiction. Yeah, it, I, I, you know what? That is a good analogy for it. It is like an addiction. Yeah, I will well, say that. Once you kind of get used to that addiction and negativity, it's kind of hard to kick it, get out of it. You know, get out of the whole thing of realizing that your worth and your value. And for those who follow me, because I, I I can relate a lot of these things. You're saying the things I, I I was saying. You know, for those who follow me and follow the Delvin Cox experience, and especially on the Patreon, you probably know a lot of this stuff. You know, a couple of years ago, well, a few, 
about a while ago now. I, my wife left me. It's like it's over. Had to go through the process of a divorce. And that is a lot to take on because you feel like, one, you feel like you failed. No one wants to fail at things, especially a marriage. Nobody wants to fail at things. Then there's the fear that comes with failing and the, the consequences of that. Like, oh, all right, I don't fail through this marriage. There's probably going to be child support. There's going to be this, there's going to be that, there's going to be alimony. So those things start coming in your head. And then I think the most scariest part of all of that is starting back over. Because when you fail and someone tells you, because I, I can only speak from my experience, someone tells you they don't want you anymore. It's really hard to go back out there and try to find someone to tell you that they want you. You know what I mean by that? I think so. I, I, I'm not married, nor do yeah. I have anybody in my life. But yeah. I, I, I can, fa- I can see that that would be a difficult thought process to have. Yeah, it's like, um, it's just like getting back out there, and then I can tell you this because I think this this might help you in your searches for a partner. Once you start going out there and dating and talking to people. You realize one of the things I realize is a lot of these people are going through the same things. A lot of these people are broken. A lot of these people have like anxiety and stress and looking for companionship. And I, and I think um, it's just it's, it's it's rough. So just know I say this by saying that you're not alone in the things you feel and the way you feel. It's Millions and millions of people who feel like this, even people who, who who claim who claim to be successful and claim they have happy lives. A lot of times, they're, those they're they're hiding their true feelings. I mean, I'll 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 make a I'll make a connection to music. I mean, look at guys like Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell, two exactly. people, two of the some of the biggest rock stars in the industry of all time, and uh, they're not here anymore. And yeah. No one will ever know why, unless they may have left something behind that it wasn't made public. But to the greater community of people they left, as far as fans and just normal people, no one will ever know why. And meanwhile, on the paper, it looked like they had it all. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing about mental health, and that's one of the reasons why I want to have these conversations with people because we don't know how it affects us. We don't know how it affects us and others. And we need to get to the bottom of that before it goes all the way left. And I think that's what happens with a lot of people. You know, people don't get help. And because they don't get help and they don't seek help, they don't come out from it. And the brain has to have that nourishment. You know, the, you know that's why I say body, mind, and spirit. You got to exercise your body. You got to exercise your mind. You got to exercise your spirit. If your if your spirit's not right, your body and mind ain't gonna be right. What do you mean now, by spirit? I'm curious to know what you mean by that. I'm not even talking about like in a like a spiritual way. It could be that for some people, mm-hmm. but I'm talking about like in an emotional format. Like like hey, yeah, because sometimes we can look good on the outside. And, we, and even mentally, we can feel like we're there, but something deep down in us tells us something's off, and that something deep down in us pulls us under and makes us go through things like depression or feeling like lack of worth and just all the things it does. You know, and some people want to—I don't want to make it a biblical thing. Some people want to make it like a a religious thing, or some people just like it's just a thing you feel, and you can't put your finger on it but it's there. You could be having a great day, a fantastic day, a a spectacular day, but one thing happens that day and it just throws you completely off. I have, I've had that. I have had that a lot. Yes. And, 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 and that's why I want to have these conversations because we have to learn that it's okay for the one thing 
to happen. If 99% of our day is good, and the one thing happens to make it a little bad, we got to learn to let that one thing go. And you see it on Twitter all the time, Matt, so you can attest to it. Twitter is a terrible cesspool for your mental health. Oh, yeah. And I, and I say this because of this. You can post something, and you can see 99 comments saying how great you are, how awesome you are, how much they love you and stuff like that. But it's the one dickhead who says the one thing that irks you the whole day. And I know this because this happened to me before. I've seen it. It happened to me before. I know it happens to everybody. They will sit there and they'll post something and they'll like, hey, everybody say, oh, this is great. This is great. You're great. We love you. We love you. This is awesome. This is great. I enjoy this. And this one person says, that, that's terrible. Why did you do that? And that you will think about that one comment the whole day. That's mental health. Yeah. Especially, what is it like, especially the one situation I was a part of, as we have documented on this show. Yes. <laughs> that that definitely did not help my ever deteriorating mental health at the time. It certainly did not attest to it. And um, there are times I still deal with repercussions for, from that. And it bothers me a, a lot sometimes but then there are days like you said well i mean i think there's also important to as i say that to realize that there are days where it's just like you just have to let things be yeah. like i think my buddies on bromigos um and if those of you who don't know i don't know what episode that you posted that on what number it was but if you go back and watch listen to that and you've kind of heard us on bromigos talk about it here and there you'll know like that we kind of are just now separating ourselves from that whole thing that has affected me personally, not others, but it's affected me. 324, yes. So like that particular instance affected me for a long time. And what was it? Panama said something to me, Panama Red. And he he, he just told me, he's like, you just got to have a thicker skin, man. You just got to have a thicker skin about it. And I think instances like that are where I kind of think about like social media, like the Dave Chappelle quote, I don't give a fuck about Twitter because Twitter is not a real place. You know, people are going to have their opinions regardless of what it's a matter of who you are as a person that matters. And that you know that you're a good person and that, you know, you can get through these things like getting, especially in this case of mental health, like you just can't let people, what people say online bother you. But you, you see, that's how fucked up our society is. And I think it's, it's because it, it's going not to diss Panama because he's, he's right, but in terms of certain things, but we go through things. Mm-hmm. We go through struggles. And we're told, just got to have thicker skin about it. Just got to just go. It, it's, it, it sucks, but that's kind of our answer for things. It's like a... As a guy, it's like, just, just rub some dirt on it, keep it moving. Yeah, but I think in that case, he's he's correct. Yeah, he, he's, in, he's, in that case, I think he's correct. Um, in most cases, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that line of thinking. Yeah. And I, I don't even think he does either, because he, he and I, he yeah, like I you, you've listened to Bromigos and you've heard us talk about subjects like this. And he, he even believes that we need to do a much better job than what we're doing now in terms of mental health. Yeah, but that's kind of our thing now. It's just like, even when we go through shit, it's like, hey. Just got to go through it and push through it. Well, that's that's kind of like why I have a lot of unresolved grief. I mean, like every, like even when my when my grandfather died in 2017, um, I kind of got through it just by working. That's yeah. really what I did. Like the next day after I, what was it? The day he was dying, I was working in my college radio station at the time. And the day after... You know, he had died that day, and that was the last time I had ever spoken to him, or at least spoke to him in general. And the next day, I went right back to work because I had a job to do. And I think what I've been going through these last several months, and even with the passing of my grandmother, his wife, earlier in the year, it's like a whole, it like opened up a whole lot of unresolved grief, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh- Grief in general is not something I pro- I process very good, and I recognize that now, based on what has happened to me. But it's tough. 
I don't think I've ever cried so much in my life. Yeah, over get, the last couple of months, you gotta you gotta kind of learn closure. And I say this because I I dealt with that. Like um, I've t- I've told this story before, but for those who don't know, several years ago, it, the I want to say it was probably around the year where, maybe a little bit before that, Cena, Rock had the first WrestleMania um, match together. So, before that, my cousin passed away. My cousin, who was my best friend, he's five years younger than me. We literally grew up together. In his eyes, I was his big brother. Grew up together. He died. He was like 25. Probably younger than that. He was engaged to get married. He was 25. He had a a health issue. I get to tell the story of what happened. I'm at working at a job. I'm working like overnight shift. I get a call saying he's sick. So, you're like, he's really sick. I leave work. I drive an hour away because I was an hour away from where he was at. I get there. I don't make it to say goodbye to him. He already passed away. I'm distraught. I am broken because, like I said, this is my best friend. This is my cousin. Somebody looking like my little brother. So he passed away. I go home. I had a boost phone at the time. I look at my boost phone. There's a voicemail message. It's from my cousin. This happened Friday, like Friday night. Wednesday, he called me, and the call never went through, and it went straight to voicemail. And the voicemail was him asking us to hang out that day. And I never got it. I never got the voicemail. Never got the voicemail. So I didn't get to talk to him before he passed. And I did not get the voicemail to hang out with him for the last time. It was almost like he knew the end was near. He knew something was off with him. But he didn't know what. He was trying to hang out with me one last time. And that stuck with me for years. When I say years, I would have dreams about him almost every day for years. To the point where the last dream I had about him was him telling me, Delvin, it's time to let me go. That was literally the dream I had. That was the last dream I had about him, and I didn't dream about him ever since. He said, it's time for you to let me go be at peace. That's one of the few dreams I remember. Like like yesterday. Clear dream. Him telling me to let him go. And since then I have not dreamed about and to, and to add more to this story because this story gets crazier. If you believe it or not. story gets crazier. He passed away. A few months later, his mom gets sick with the same thing. Fucking shit. And the difference is, cry. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, she had all. It was all blood clots. Oh god. Both of them. The worst. Both of them. Like it was a couple months later, his mom gets the same goddamn thing. And I'm in the hospital with her, and she tells me, "Don't worry, Delvin. No matter what happens, I'm gonna be okay." Go on with your life. Live, love, but don't worry about your auntie anymore. I'm going to be all right. By the end of that week, she passed away. And because she told me that, I had to close you. I needed to let her know that, know that she was okay. See, I didn't have that. Yeah. Last yeah. time I had, last time I had saw my um, my grandfather, seen him physically. He was laying in a hospital bed. He had some very rare form of cancer, and I don't know what the hell had happened in the time. It's it, it was so weird. He his cancer was cured. The cancer itself was cured where it was, but it had somehow spread to the rest of his body. So like he had formed like these awful 
blisters across his entire body where that could I can only imagine how painful they were. Same thing happened to my uncle, by the way. The exact same thing. That's terrible. But um he but like I remember when they were I don't know if they were doing blood tests on him or something at the hospital. Everybody couldn't stand the sight of blood, so they just all walked out. I was the only one that had stayed there. And I don't know. <clears throat> excuse me, fuck. I don't know why why I, I was compelled to do so, but I just knew I wasn't going to get much more time with him. And that was the last time I had seen him. And... um. <sighs> It's tough because he was my hero, man. You know, yeah. I I love I listen as much. No disrespect to my dad, as much as I love my dad. You know, I don't consider my dad my hero. I consider my grandpa to be a hero because that man is without a shadow of the doubt one of the greatest men I think I've ever has ever been in my life. <clears throat> he was like the epitome of what I thought a man should be in a family man at that, and I just. You said you had dreams of your cousin. I, I, I don't even get those. You know. I almost uh, what was it? There was an instance when I was in therapy, and my therapist had said, "What would your grandfather tell you in this situation?" Whatever we were talking about, I paused for a good minute and a half, because honestly, I, it's been so far removed from me that I just forgot anything he would tell me in that moment. And at that moment, my heart broke. Yeah. Like it's days like that where, you know, they like like situations like that are why I don't even really believe in God as much anymore. You know, because it's like if God is all good and all that shit, why why would He let someone who was probably His most loyal servant suffer like that? So like that instance not only affected me emotionally, my mental health, and things of that moment it like shook. Like my entire faith, everything I was basically brought up with, with from my mom and making me go to church classes all my days after school, you know, all that shit. And here I am, like, I don't even know if I even believe any of this stuff anymore because why would he, why would this happen to him? Why would it happen to his loyalist followers? Well, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, I so, get it. You know, it, 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 sorry to interrupt you. It, no, it you just, it, it just sucks because. I feel the same way with my grandmother, you know, she had Alzheimer's or dementia or got really bad. And, um, you know, that's another instance where I question things like that. And, you know, you know, the holiday, I don't know when this is ever going to get released, but the holidays are coming around, you know, and I can't help every, every, every year I can't help but think about him and how I can't help but think about both of them together. And it's, um, the holidays used to be a happy time for me, man. And now everybody's gone. Yeah. And even though I still have my family, and it's great, it's never going to be the same. It's tough, man. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't even. I, I didn't even. I didn't even want to be around last year. You know, I just didn't do anything about it then. But last year, I was definitely struggling with the concept of even being around because of that reason. You know. It never gets easier. We just learn to deal with it. But this is the thing you have to do in life. You have to learn to live, cope, and build a future so they can be proud of you and they can love you. Because they're looking down on you wherever they're at. And they want you to be okay. I know in my heart they love you. They miss you, and they want you to be strong. And they're proud of you. Very proud of you. They raised a great man. And it's not easy. Death, pain, grief, fucking sucks. It's not easy. It's never easy. But what we have to do is we have to keep moving on to honor their memory and built on the legacy that they left us. Because you are a part of that legacy, Matt. So every time 
I look at you, I see the legacy your granddad and your grandma left behind that they cared about and that they wanted to be successful. And success is various degrees of success. But they loved you enough to do the best that they can for you in their life. So the best thing you can do in that passing is keep moving on, keep making them proud like I know you are. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. It's goddamn really hard. But your purpose on this world is to be the best Matt you can be. And you are. You're worth it. You're genuine. Your grandparents are proud of you, man. Just keep pushing on. I know you can't hear the voice like you used to, but they're still in there. They're still in your mind. They're still in your heart. They're still in your soul. Just know that. Just know it's going to be all right, man. You have people here that care about you, that appreciate you. You have a support system here that can help you. I think it's great that you have a counselor that you can work with and work through these issues with. I'm not telling you to let it go because I didn't get told to let it go and when I got told to let it go, it was from my cousin. But you'll know the moment in your life where one day you're going to wake up like, you know what? It's okay. I can move forward. And I want that for you. It's not about forgetting. It's about being able to move forward and honor their memory in the way that fits them. You get what, you get what I mean by that? Yeah, I know what you mean. I it's, know what you mean, Dalvin. It's, it's just, it's, it's rough. That, but that's, that's grief. I, I think that's kind of a great, way to kind of cap off this episode. That's, that, that's grief, man. That's what we deal with. And grief is just one of those things. It's a bitch. But in every aspect of life, one day, no matter... And I tell I tell my kids this. It's dark as it may sound. One day your dad's not going to be here. And I want you to know that I'm always going to be proud of you. But I want you to go out there and be okay. More than anything else, I want you to be okay. That's what I tell my kids. Because preparing them for the day, hopefully it's a long time from now. A long time from Amen. now. But, Amen. But I'm preparing them for the day that one day their dad's not going to be here because two things in this world are guaranteed is death and taxes, baby. So <laughs> at, at least a good thing for them is that they had the opportunity to immortalize you in some way through podcasting. I think you yourself even said something along those lines at one yes. point in one of your episodes. I don't know which one, but you, they at least could go back to those conversations and remember you and remember those good times that you had. I mean, you and Delvin Jr. are doing podcasts all the time. Yeah. So, so one day he's going to be able to go back and listen to those, and I think that's an important thing. And I think, well, since we're talking about grief, I, I can tell this story. I guess we can end it off with this story. Good friend, when I first started podcasting, there was this great man. His name was Bobby, we called him Nintendo Guru. He had a Twitter account and stuff like that. I was really close to him. He, when I first started podcasting, he was one of the first people to reach out to me, kind of helped me in the podcasting world. He was a well-known Nintendo podcaster, jovial guy, New York guy, just like just a ball of energy, like an amazing guy. He had me on his show. And I wasn't a big Nintendo guy at the time. I was like, you know, I like Nintendo, but, you know, I'm more of a PlayStation guy. He had me on the show, his show, just to talk to me because, like, this Del- Delvin guy is just an amazing guy. And I had on my show, and we talked nothing about Nintendo. We just talked about life, talked about boxing because he, he was, like, into boxing and stuff like that. Boxing was his thing. Like, he was, like, you know, we, we both were, like, Tyson fans and stuff. And one of the things he loved about being on my show, he was on my show quite a few times, he loved that. He was popular in the video game world, but he can come over here and talk about like real life. And we would DM all the time with each other and stuff like that. We would text each other all the time about things that we were going through and um, 
just life. Like I do with you almost. Yeah, like I do with you. Yeah. Yeah. And he got sick. He got COVID. That was his recent. Oh, shit. Yeah. And we lost him. And it hurt a lot of people. I can imagine. Because he was known to a lot of people. And a lot of people loved him. He was a great dude. And that was something I had to kind of deal with. Because, you know, around that time, I know people say this like, oh, you just know these guys off the internet and stuff like that. It's not a real friendship. No, they are real friendships. They are real friendships. And, you know, I had, I I lost a few people like that during the pandemic. Just people that just like, um, oh, we just get a message. Like, oh, they, they passed away. And it, it, it affects you. Because these people mean so much to you and you don't get to talk to them no more. And, and the cool thing about it is, if there's any cool thing to talk about, is that, you know, his memory lives on in his podcast. Like, I can kind of just go back and listen to an episode with me and him talking and just kind of have a flashback to it and people can just kind of listen to the Nintendo Guru podcast and kind of get a feel for who Bobby was as a person. And I think that's the cool thing about podcasting. Podcasting almost like a time machine. You can go back to an era or you can go back to hearing a person that's not around anymore and get back in that feeling of what it was like to be around them. Music does that too. But podcast does it in such an intimate way. I could see that. I mean, as you said earlier, hopefully it's not for a long, long time that anything happens to you. Yeah. Or Jody, because I do consider you two to be like the first real close friends I made in podcasting. Um, One thing, if I may say as well, um, to end off the episode, because someone who I confided in who um, gave me some good advice recently. Um, Her and I talk a few times on Twitter and she's a great person. I can't say enough good things about her. She told me something in a voice message that stood out to me. And she said, you know, you're not losing the fight. If you're waking up every day, like you, you waking up every day in spite of what you're going through was winning the fight. And um, I don't think she knows how, um, How impact how excuse me. Yeah. I don't think she knows how impactful those words were to me. But I just wanted to know if she ever hears this. I don't know if she, I don't know if she will. That they did help. So that's all. <laughs> so whoever you are from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for helping him. Thank you for being there for him. That's what a true ally is. And I, and I, I personally appreciate that. Thanks for having me on, Delvin. I love you, brother. Love you too, man.